How many of you know that some friends you don't need? Huh? So, sometimes you need to unfriend your friends. We're in week four of a series of messages called Relation Tips. We're talking about building healthy relationships. Now, there's so many different types of relationships, correct? Uh, but what we're talking about in this series is just, and dealing with, is just relationships in general. And today, as we close out this series, I, I want to give you three relation tips that can help you in your everyday relationships. And we're going to look for these tips in an Old Testament story that is not a real familiar story. I've preached out of, it, out, out of this passage before, but I want to I I preach out of this passage in light of this series on relationships. So in Judges chapter 11, hopefully you have your Bibles. Uh, if not, they'll be putting it on the screen and, and those that are online. Uh, again, um, I, I need to read this whole story so you get the context of where we're going. I believe it's going to help us today in Judges chapter 11, beginning with verse 1. It says, Now Jephthah of Gilead was a great warrior. He was a son of Gilead, but his mother was a prostitute. Gilead's wife also had several sons, and when these half-brothers grew up, they chased Jephthah off the land. You will not get any of our father's inheritance, they said, for you are the son of of a prostitute. So Jephthah fled from his brothers and lived in the land of Tob, and soon he had a band of, catch this, worthless rebels following him. At about this time, the Ammonites began their war against Israel, and when the Ammonites attacked, attacked the elders of Gilead sent for Jephthah in the land of Tob, and the elders said, these elders are his brothers, by the way, come and be our commander and help us fight the Ammonites. But Jephthah said to them, aren't you the ones who hated me and drove me from my father's house? Why do you come to me now when you're in trouble? They said, because we need you. The elders replied, if, if you lead us into battle against the Ammonites, we will make you ruler over all the people of Gilead. And Jephthah said to the elders, let me get this the straight, if I come with you, and if the Lord gives me victory over the Ammonites, you will really make me ruler over all the people? The Lord is our witness, the elders responded and replied. We, we promise to do whatever you say. So Jephthah went with the elders of Gilead, and the people made him their ruler and commander of the army. I'm going to drop down to verse 30, read a few more verses here. In verse 30, it says, Jephthah made a vow to the Lord. He said, if you will really hand Ammon over to me, then whatever comes out of the doors of my house to meet me when I return safely from Ammon will belong to the Lord. I will sacrifice it as a burnt offering. So Jephthah went to fight against Ammon, and the Lord handed the people of Ammon over to him. He defeated them, 20 cities in all. It was a decisive defeat, so the Ammonites were crushed by the people of Israel. And when Jephthah went, to home, went home to Mizpah, he saw his daughter coming out to meet him. She was dancing with tambourines in her hands. She was his only, catch this, his only child. Jephthah had no other sons or daughters. And when he saw her, he tore his clothes in grief 
and said, Oh no, daughter, you've brought me to my knees. What disaster you've brought me. I've made a foolish promise to the Lord. Now I can't break it. And verse 39, And he did to her what he had vowed. And he did to her what he had vowed. Father, we thank you for your word. We pray your blessings upon this moment. God, I thank you for the Celebration family, all of our guests and friends that are in this room or watching online on the other side of this camera. God, would you, would you help us in our relationships today? Would you give us wisdom and answers? And, and Father, I pray that you'd give me the ability to articulate and to communicate your heart for your people. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. So here's relationship number one when it comes to relationships. Number one, just because they should love you doesn't mean they, they will. Uh, now, I know you know that in theory. Uh, life itself has a way of teaching us that the people that should love us, sometimes they, they don't love us. So, really the question that I want to ask you since you actually already know this in theory, in principle, I guess really what I'm trying to, to say in this first point is, can you be okay with that? Can you be okay um, with those that should love you when they don't love you? In Judges 11, I want to read it again. Notice what happens here in verse 1. Now, Jephthah of Gilead was a great warrior. He was the son of Gilead, but his mother was a prostitute. And when these half-brothers grew up, they chased, some translation says they drove, they forced Jephthah off the land. So we have in the story a, a guy by the name of Jephthah. In the Bible, now the Bible in the story we just read, uh, teaches us that his dad Jephthah's dad was a very distinguished man in there. He's a very honorable man, actually, in the community there. The, the community or the city was, was called Gilead. But privately, his father struggled with, with issues, with, with sinful, dysfunctional issues. And uh, in a moment of stupidity, he went out and visited, the Bible said, a prostitute. And the result was that Jephthah was born. Uh, all we know about Jephthah's biological mother is this. The Bible says she's a prostitute, and the only other thing we know about her is that she was never in Jephthah's life. Uh, Jephthah is actually raised by his father and a stepmother along with uh, several half-brothers, which was the elders when they grew up of the community there. Now, because of, track with me as we break this story down, uh, because of Jephthah's past, he has become the outcast of the family. He is unwanted. He is unloved. His brothers literally hate him because he is different than them. They didn't feel like he deserved to be a part of their family. To them, he was just a constant reminder of their father's failure. You know, sometimes people 
people don't shun you and reject you because of you. Sometimes people reject you because what you remind them of. Are you here? So what happens is, is Jephthah's brothers, because of their hate for him, they end up, the Bible says, kicking him off the land, out of the house, out of their community. They literally chase him away to a place called Tob. Now, before you start feeling sorry for Jephthah, there's something about Jephthah that I need you to understand or you need to to know. You see, Jephthah is not a hopeless loser. The Bible says he's actually a mighty, a mighty warrior. Uh, in fact, when we first begin the story, the Bible starts by saying Jephthah is a mighty warrior. But, but what's interesting about that, at the time when the Bible says he's a mighty warrior, Jephthah has never been at war. It's only later in the text that we hear that he goes to battle. His first battle, his first war was against the Ammonites. So the Bible says that he's a mighty warrior. Why? I believe it's not because of the external battles that he had to fight. I believe it was because of the internal battles that he had to fight. Sometimes the biggest battles that you will ever fight in your life are not the battles on the outside. They're the battles, can I get a witness? They're the battles on the, on the inside. You see, Jephthah had, had to fight. He had to have the courage to be okay with the fact that he wasn't loved by those that should have loved him. He had to be okay and move on in his life despite the haters despite the issues that were in his life. You see, people let him down, but Jephthah kept moving on. People disappointed him, but Jephthah was okay, and he kept moving on. People disowned him, but he was okay, and he kept moving on. People rejected him, but Jephthah kept on moving. He was okay with the fact that those that should have loved him did not love him. Jephthah might have been the son of a prostitute, but hear me today, his past did not stop him from becoming a mighty warrior. You see, a mighty warrior is someone who can go through the, mm, I almost cussed right there, the difficulty. I'll, I'll clean it up for you. And yet, <laughs> and yet they're willing to keep, you knew I wanted to. It was right on the tip of my tongue. Go through the difficulty and keep on moving. Somebody needs to shout, keep on moving. Somebody needs to put it in the chat room. Keep on moving. A mighty warrior is someone who refuses to allow their past to ruin their future. You see the real war that you're fighting today is against all those voices on the inside of you. You know what they're saying? They're saying you're a loser. They're saying you're a, a nobody. They're saying you're a failure. They're saying you're a misfit. They're saying nobody cares about you. Can, can I help us today? Listen, listen. You need to reject those lies, and you need to keep on 
moving. You need to be okay with the fact that there's just going to be some people out there that hate you. They don't like you. They're not going to give you a thumbs up. But I have a word for you today. Keep on, keep on moving. I'm here to tell somebody today. Come on, somebody on the other side of this camera. You are a mighty warrior. I'm here to tell somebody today, don't you dare let what happened to you define who you are. Keep on moving. Jephthah's brothers should have loved him, but they didn't. Jephthah was okay with that. That's, that's the point. He was, how could he be okay with that? Because he was not living in his past. He was living for what God had called him into his future. Jephthah was okay with it. Are, are you okay with it? Can, can you be okay with, with those that should love you? Hmm? Family members, close relationships. Are you okay when those that should love you don't love you? Here's the second thing when it comes to relationships. Connect with people of purpose, not of type. Woo! I feel like we're in a marriage conference right now. <laughs> Connect with people of purpose, not of type. We read earlier in Judges 11.3, so Jephthah ran away from his brothers. He made his home in the land of Tob. Now catch this, a group of men who weren't good for anything <laughs> gathered around him there, and they followed him. They, they followed him. See, there was social media back then. They, they, he found some followers. Come on. So, so here's what happens. His brothers kick him out, right? They chase him away to a place called Tob. Now, now Tob uh, was a place for those that had been rejected by society. Uh, this was... This was, this, this was a place where, where people were considered to be worthless people. They were the displaced people. They were the disregarded, the, the marginalized people. You see, see, Tob was a community for the outcast of society. Let, let me just pause right there. If later on in the Bible, you all know David. Remember, David's chased off, and David is an outcast. And the Bible says he finds a group of misfits, distressed, indebted people, and David actually takes that group, and they be become known as the mighty men of David. So you have the same thing going on here. You have the same thing going on here with Jephthah. So he's in a community. He's driven to a community, a place where, where, where the outcasts of society has gathered. You see, this was not the rich and famous crowd. Uh, this was not the trendy and the popular crowd. This was not the hip, the cool, or the fashionable crowd. Uh, they, they did not have a lot of followers on social media. This group did not. They didn't have, in fact, they had more thumbs down than they did likes and hearts, right? So, so his brothers, Jephthah's brothers, are thinking, Let's just get rid of this misfit. Let's get rid of this outcast. We'll send him to a place where he can live out his worthless life. But, but I'm here to tell you, I, I'm here to tell you, oh, I'm here to tell you, but God had another plan. Somebody needs to hear that today. 
But God had another plan. You see, God ordained this place to bless Jephthah. You, you know, uh, Tob means in the Hebrew language good. Good. So, so when they drive him off their property, when they kick him out of the house, they're actually sending him to a place called good. On the surface, it might have looked like a messed up place, an undesirable place, but God had a plan. And I've come to remind somebody today that God always has a plan. God always takes messed up situation and uses them for his purpose. Hello, Joseph. You guys meant it for evil, but God meant it for my, my good. That's the reason why Paul reminds us in Romans 8, 28, our familiar scripture, right? I want you to know that all things work together for good, the good, the bad, and the ugly. God says, I'll mix it all together, and I'll work it out for good. Somebody shout good to them that love me, that are, that, that are focused upon the purpose of heaven on earth. God always takes what the enemy means for our bad, and he uses it for our, our good. Some of, you, uh, some of you need to thank your haters. You might want to send them a, an email or a note and thank them for driving you to a place called good. Some of you need to thank them for paying the tab to help you get to your place of destiny in your life. You, you need, you need, oh, you need the attitude. I know you try to hurt, I know you try to hurt me, but you really, 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 you really helped me. They, they thought we're going to get rid of them, we're going to drive them away, this misfit, this worthless person, but they actually paid the bill to set him up in his destiny. Because in, 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 in Tob, if you read the whole story in Tob, Tob has a, he has a, Jephthah has a good life. He, he never planned to be there, but God, God takes that place and makes something great out of Jephthah. It's in, it's in Tob that he gets married. It's in Tob that he has a family. It's in Tob that he, he builds his career. It's in Tob where all those crazy, worthless, unwanted people become his, his closest friends and his, his, his most loyal allies. He's actually, he becomes a judge later on, and these are the mighty men, just like David's mighty men. They are his closest friends. It's amazing how God will bless you in the place that you least expect it. Some of you, some of you don't even realize, and you're in a place that God has blessed. And some of you won't even realize it until you get out of that, play, that place. But I've come to remind somebody today, come on, you're in a blessed place. I, I've come to remind somebody, come on, your marriage is in a blessed, blessed God. It may not all seem great, but I'm here tell, to tell you, God is working it all out for your, 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 your good. So here is the relation tip, point number two. Learn to connect with people that are associated with your purpose, not necessarily your type. It's going to help somebody. If you want to help in relationships here, here we go. Why? Because your type is not always what God has purposed in your life. 
I, I know some of you are clueless, so let me help you a little bit. Your type might be the rich and famous, but your purpose might show up looking like it's been rejected and worthless. Hmm. Your, your, your type might be sophisticated and smart, but your purpose might show up looking useless and inadequate. Okay. This is why some of you aren't married yet. Your type might be. Woo! Your, your type might be blonde, blue eye, and gorgeous, but your purpose might be short, fat, and ugly. Can, can, you, can you say that in church? Can, can, can. Mm. Your type might be the shape or the figure of a Coke bottle. But your purpose might show up looking like a milk jug. Some of that's funny, but there's, this, is a, this is a truth. A lot of you are looking for type, and you're not looking for purpose. So, so let me make this as clear. Let me make this as clear as I can make it. Let me say it with great, great clarity today. Learn to love the people that love you. I should have a big amen. You ought to be shouting. You ought to be cheering. Learn to love the people that love you. Yeah, but I want to know somebody famous. Learn to love the people. I got to tell somebody that you need to find your toe people. You need to find the people that care about you. Quit chasing the people that you think are your type and start loving the people who love you. Embrace the people that God has purposed to be in your life. And sometimes the people who we want to embrace us are not the people that God has purposed to be in our lives. Godly relationships are not about a type of person, but it's about the purpose of a person. Don't you dare miss what God has for you because it doesn't look like what you're expecting. I'm here to encourage somebody today. You need to find your Tobe people. Come on, we're in a Tobe gathering right now. Come on, we're, we're people of, of purpose. Let, 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 let me just add, do you have time for this? Can, can I just add, add something to that? Something that has helped me more than anything else in life when it comes to relationships is something that I heard from a powerful uh, teacher of the word. He, says, he said this, there's, there's going to be three types of categories of people that come into your life. And every one of them you need to understand who that is so that you can have the appropriate relationship with them. The first category is there's going to be people in your life because they are for you. They are for you. They, they, love, they love you. And these are the people, literally, that, that, that you give your heart to. These are the people you literally do life with because they, they come in your life because they are for you. The second category of, of people or relationships that you're going to have in life is that, is that these are the people that are for what you're for. They're not for you. They're just for what you're for. And as long as you're all about what you're for, then, then they're going to be there. But, but if what you're for ever goes away, 
they usually go away. Or if somebody can help them uh, get what they're for uh, uh, more successful uh, than what you can help them, then they'll leave you and go join somebody else that'll help them get what they're for. So, so there, there's people that are for you, and then there's just people that are what you are for. That, that, that's, that's, that's people that, 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 that you have jobs that you're all about. You're, you're, you're for something, uh, the job. There, there's a purpose. There's an assignment. There's an agenda. You're, 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 there, there's an activity, a lot of spores. We're, we're all for, but if that for ever goes away, then the person goes away, or if somebody else can, can come in and, 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 and cause them to be more successful in what they're for, then they leave you and they join. These are not people you give your heart. It's not people that you spend your whole life for. So there's people that are for you, and there's people that are for what you're for. And then the third category is that there are people that come in your life because they're against what you're against. They're not for you. They're just, they're just against what you're against. Oh, my goodness. How many relationships have been birthed in COVID-19? Because we're all, people, you're hanging out with people you never thought you was hanging out with. Because we're against masks, and we're against this, and we're against that. And, and all of a sudden, we all have relate, new relationships against what... These, these are not people you give your heart. Why? Because once what you're against go, goes away, then they're against you. Hello, somebody. Just teaching here. There's a whole lot more to that, but what am I saying? Do life with the ones that are for you. And understand there's going to be other categories in your life, but you don't give them your heart because they're going to come in and out of your life. Learn to love the people that love you. I should get a big amen. Somebody needs to shout. Here's the last thing, and we're just about done. Number three, don't sacrifice the right people by seeking the approval of the wrong people. In Judges 11, verses 6 through 8, notice again what it says in this story, and we're just about done. Come and be our commander. Help us fight the Ammonites. But Jephthah said to them, aren't you the ones who hated me and drove me from my father's house? Why do you come to me now when you're in trouble? Notice what they say. Notice what his brothers tell him. Because we need you. We drop down to verse 39, and it says, So he did to her what he had vowed. So Jephthah is doing good in Tob. He's, he's married. He's, he's got a daughter. He has friends. He has great success. But all of a sudden, his brothers come Roaring back into his life. Um, and they begin to beg him, begin to ask him, uh, we need your help. We, we need you to become our commander, our leader. We, we're up against this, 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 this army, and we need you to help us fight against the Ammonites. Bro, bro, we, we, love, we love you. We need you. We, we need your help. When you read that, you go, wow, what a story, right? 
Brothers come roaring back and now they need something from him. These are the very ones that have rejected him. This is crazy. I mean, it was just a few, few months ago they wanted nothing to do with him. And all of a sudden, they have need of him. Isn't it amazing how when God blesses you, those that rejected you suddenly start believing in you? Oh, just nobody's ever had that problem. Well, you need to get blessed by God then. So they come roaring back into his life, begging him, we need you to help us. Be our commander. Be our leader. Now, here's the relation tip that you need to hear. Understand they did not come back into his life to congratulate him. They did not come back into his life to celebrate him or to even celebrate his success. They didn't come back into his life because they loved him. They came back into his life because they needed something from him. Watch out. Hear me. Watch out for people who don't love you but need something from you. Because in the story, in the story, this is where it all goes bad for Jephthah. Because of his unhealthy desire for his brother's approval. And I don't know, I hope you're hearing me. Because this is the part of the story that just gets me every time. Maybe it's because of my issue to want the approval of always the wrong people. I don't know if anybody else has had that challenge in here, that, that you're always looking for likes of the wrong people. You're always looking for the hearts of the wrong people. You're always looking for the approval of the wrong people. Be careful when people come back into your life, not for who you are, but for what they can get from you. People who really don't love you, but need something from you. And because of his unhealthy desire, for his brother's approval, he ends up saying yes to them. He's probably thinking, man, I can't believe. I can't believe those, those guys finally care about me, that they want me to lead them. He wants the approval of them so bad that the Bible says he ends up making a foolish vow to God. God, if you'll give me success to lead my brothers, and battle. If I can just gain their approval, then Lord, whatever comes out of my house, I'll, I'll sacrifice it to you. So what happens? He goes with his brothers. He's fighting to get their approval. He's posting and posting and posting to get their approval. He's trying so bad to get their approval. And God gives them the victory. And he comes back home and the first one out of his house is his daughter. She's skipping and dancing, the Bible says. Jephthah falls to his ground. He's so overwhelmed with grief that he begins to weep and he begins to tear his clothes, the Bible says. Why? Because Jephthah realizes that he has just sacrificed his daughter, seeking for the approval of the wrong people. He realizes that he has just destroyed his whole future. Now, I know why it may be quiet, because that's a pretty sobering passage, but let me help you just 
a bit. Most scholars agree that this was not the death of his daughter, but this was the death of her ability to have children. The Bible's very clear that God did not allow human sacrifices. In fact, if you made a vow to offer up a human, it was always to be substituted and redeemed by an animal sacrifice. And if you're interested in that, you can read that in Leviticus chapter 27. But his vow did mean, hear me today, his vow did mean that she would never be allowed to get married or have children. It was like she was a female Nazarite. Therefore, this vow meant that Jephthah would never have any descendants. Whew. Why? Because I got to get the approval of people that really don't love me. I got to get the approval of the wrong people. And while you're trying to get the approval of all the wrong people, you keep sacrificing the right, the right people. He wanted the approval of the wrong people so bad, he ends up sacrificing his own destiny, his own future, his daughter. You see, when you spend your life seeking the approval of the wrong things, then, then, then hear me, the right things begin to die in your life. Come, come on in here. Come on, those online. I, I want to say that again. I, I don't know if you, if you heard that. When you spend your life seeking the approval of the wrong things, the right things start dying in your life. Don't sacrifice your future, your destiny, your dreams, your purpose, your calling, the right relationships seeking the approval and the likes of the wrong people. You know, it's been said, if you live for people's acceptance, you will die from their rejection. I, I, I know it's tough. It's not the point you want to end on. Let's see if I can wrap it up and, and, and make sense of this. I, I think what I want to say to you today, those online... I, I would like to submit to you today that nothing else has to die. Nothing else has to die. Why in the heck am I chasing the wrong things and the wrong people? Chasing the likes, chasing the following, chasing the hearts, chasing what I chase on social media. I'm, I'm here to tell you, nothing else has to die in your life. Listen, the rightly relationships don't have to die. The God relationships in your life don't have to die. Not your family, not your marriage, not your kids, not your dreams, not your future. Listen, not your God-given destiny. It doesn't have to die. Nothing else has to die. And so much dies in our life. When we chase the wrong relationships, seeking the approval of people that will never care about you. So what are we going to do? We're going to be okay with those that should love us and they don't. Right? We're going to be okay. We're going to learn to, to move on. Why? Because God's got a place called Tob. It's, it's a good place, and he takes the good and the bad and the ugly, and he makes it out for my, my good. I'm going to quit chasing the type and 
I'm going to start looking for the purpose. Come on, this is good stuff. You need, you need, you need to shout. Somebody needs to say, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to start looking for the purpose that God ordained relationship. I'm going to find my Tobe people. And then when I get my toe people, I'm not going to spend my life seeking the approval of the wrong people because I got the right people. Come on, I got the right people right. In this building, would you stand to your feet? Those online, maybe just change your posture. I'm going to pray for you, and we're going to close the service. I don't know if you know it, but you ought to go read Hebrews chapter 11 today because what's crazy is Hebrews chapter 11 Hebrews chapter 11 is a chapter where you have all the great men of faith, right? We all know that, right? The great, you don't get in the, 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 the hall of faith, Hebrews chapter 11, unless you've done something great in your life. And, and you read people like Abraham and Noah and, and, and all these great men and women uh, of the Bible. You read through it. And you know, before that chapter gets done, you'd be shocked to find out that there is a name by the name of Jephthah in Hebrews chapter 11. A man, a great man of faith, the son of a prostitute is in Hebrews chapter 11. Can I tell you, it's never too late for God to do something great in your life. Somebody ought to shout, somebody ought to celebrate. Come on, somebody ought us to be thankful. So, Father, I pray for your people today. Pray for those on the other side of this camera, those that are in this room. God, this is, for me, such good practical help to navigate in relationships. God, I hope that you, God, will use this, that it would take deep root on the inside of your people to give us the tools, God, to live our lives on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and throughout the week and the months. Father, we can keep moving when the, when the people that should love us aren't loving us. And God, that we can find our people of Tob and not just be looking for the wrong people, but find the people that really care about us. And that we could do life with them, Lord, and not be distracted by all the, the stuff that goes on to our, in our society chasing being popular and famous and all that. God, God, today, I declare over your people that nothing else has to die. What you've called them to do, God, I thank you that you are bringing the right people around them, the right people around them to do life with them, that they too will end up in Hebrews chapter 11 because it's never too late for God to do something great in their life, regardless where we've come from, regardless of our failures, regardless who likes us and who doesn't like us. Father, work miracles in your people. Restoration in the relationships that you have ordained them to have. God, I thank you. I speak in this month of March that it's Miracle March. Miracles and their families and miracles in their homes and miracles in their relationships. God, give the Celebration family the wisdom to navigate forward in healthy relationships. If you're here today, eyes are closed, heads are bowed. 
online, the other side of this camera, maybe you've never made a decision for Jesus. Maybe you're not right with him. You've never surrendered your life. You've never made him Lord of your life, or maybe you have, and maybe you've just strayed, and and you're not living for him, but something on the inside of you is compelling you to get things right with your creator. If it be for the first time or maybe the second time or the 50th time, you need a relationship with Jesus. You need it restored. I'm going to ask you just to pray this prayer. In fact, before I do that, I just feel led to do this. If that's you in this building and you know you're far from God, you're not right with God, or you've wandered away from God and today is the day you need to rededicate your life, you need to surrender your life, would you just raise your hand right in this place? Nobody leave. Yes, hands going up all. Just hold up. I just between you and God. God sees the hand. They're, they're, they're at home on the other side of this camera. Would you just let God know, God, that's me. All hands, man, I'm t- hands everywhere in this facility. I see your hands on the other side of this camera. By faith, I see where you're at in that home, in that car, in that park, in that hospital bed and that rest home. Come on, let's pray this prayer together. Say, Father God, today I surrender my life to you. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe he died on the cross, took my sin, took my judgment. I believe he was raised from the dead and now is at the right hand of the Father praying for me. And I receive the free gift of eternal life in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, celebrate. We celebrate with you, those that prayed that prayer. Come on, give it up. Hey, before before anybody leaves, you know how I am about this, this moment of honor. Just a little bit louder, guys. Man, give me some mood music. Oh, oh, I'm going to sing now. Hey, before we leave, I want to declare this over you today. It's, it's, it's how we've been closing our services. Before you click off, can, can we say this? It's, it, listen, in, in the Bible, uh, God would have his priests before the people would leave. He would have, he commanded them, actually, you speak a blessing over their life. And when they spoke that blessing, that blessing would actually come upon their life. You, you don't want to leave now. It'd be terrible for you to leave out of this place without a blessing. It'd be terrible for you to click off without the blessing. So we're, we're going to sing. It's, it's, it's been one of those songs that has just gone all over the world in this COVID-19 season. I love it because it is God's word itself, what we should say over you. I want you at home, on the other side of this camera, in this building. I want you just to lift your arm, hands and raise your arms and just be willing to receive it. Did you get something today? Come on, did you get something today? We declare this over you, celebration. We love you. Get ready. It's Miracle March. Come on, let's sing it. Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus.